Good evening, Rabbi We are beginning a new week. We're beginning a new cheshbon, and we'll take this week to Be'ezer Hashem go through this cheshbon. This is a another very fundamental idea given forth by the Chavos Avavos. It's something that's unique. We find many, many svarim in the last approximately a thousand years have quoted parts of this cheshbon in particular for the Chavos Avavos, quoted certain lines from it, very, uh, the, the mesholem that he gives, not only are they unique, they're astounding in terms of how penetrating in the human psyche he understood how we operate, and what we're supposed to think, and what we're not supposed to think. How we're supposed to act, how not to act. Really, how what our whole attitude in this world should be. That's really putting it succinctly here. Chavazovis is going to hold our hand, sometimes give us a little push from behind, and tell us what the appropriate and proper attitude to being in this world is. And it's very tricky, because it's a double-edged sword. You either get it right, or you get it wrong. There's no two ways about it. That is what's so crucial about this particular cheshben number 25. It's a good round number. 25. Cheshben number 25. Let us begin, Be'ez HaShem. V'hachamishavas from the 25th cheshben. Sh'yachshavim nafshoi. A person has to contemplate with his soul. Once again, we're always doing a cheshben with our nefesh. The nefesh is the, the nefesh that understands it's the chilek. There's really not only there's a guf and a neshama, but within the neshama there's a nefesh that is able to think, contemplate what we're supposed to. What are we supposed to think about now? What are we contemplating? Alma sheshoka bo This is already. He's considering this already done. It's after the fact. It's a fait accompli that this is where the person is holding. Because truth be told, a person who's not living like this, he's in, he's in the right world in you know, his attitude. He doesn't even have to use the the uh, the the aitzis, the advice, the tricks of the chavos avavos to set him straight. But for most of us. We need to hear what he has to tell us. Because Amasha Shokaba, we already sunken in. We're sunken in to loving this world. We love this world and all the pleasures that are in this world. And the strength of our desires to take pleasure in this world. More More than our love we have for Ilamaba. So that's the issue over here. We have to contemplate how much do we really love this world and how much do we love the next world. Now that seems to be, as the Mashkiach Zogazunzayim points out, I mean, that should be a no-brainer. I mean, we know we're only here in this world to get to the next world. This world is temporary, the next world is eternal. This world is only a corridor before the next world, which is compared to a palace. So it's a no-brainer, of course, we should be sinking and be infatuated and love much more than but yet it's not so yet the Eitzahara has us once around in a noose around our neck and he's able to pull us to love more than 
And because of this, the tells us we have to do a a reframing. We have to do whether you say it's a four step four step process, a twelve step process, however you want to do it. He says you have to get to the point where you tip the, the scale the other way. We have to eradicate our Ahava. We have to eradicate our love for Elamaze and put in its place our love for Elamaba. And that's really the way he describes it, it's a two step process. In other words, just the fact that, of course, we have to love Elam Abba. Loving Elam Abba means that we cherish every opportunity that there is to do a mitzvah which gets a schar in Elam Abba. We cherish every word of Torah that we're learning because that goes, that's the chayei Elam not like we say in the Birch Torah. That's an everlasting life, an eternal life, which He implanted within us when we learn Torah and do mitzvahs. So of course we should love that. But somehow we're blinded by, hey, that looks like a good piece of steak. All of a sudden we forget it and and we're into the steak. i just give an example that I uh, just recently, uh, a very well-known Rav, Talmud Chochem, was saying, he was talking about one thing in particular, he says about benching. Yeah, Birchas and after the Suda. Okay. So he says, why is it that a person could be eating for an hour and a half, two hours, a meal, enjoying himself slowly, uh, devouring his pizza. All of a sudden, oh, it's late. We, we have to go. Let's get the benches quickly. And he zips through benching. And he says, what happened? A, a, a few minutes ago, when, when, you, when you were cutting your steak into nice, small, thin species, you had all the time in the world. All of a sudden comes the benching. Oh, we got to hurry up again. And it's totally the opposite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu enables us to have different foods and pleasures in this world in order, as the Chenech says, in order for that to give us an opportunity to be able to bench, to be able to be zeichet to all the bracha. And it, it was, so what is that? Is that Olam Avas Olam Hazza Avas Olam Habo? I think that's an example that we could all relate to. What, what do we appreciate more? The benching after the Suda, the bracha before, or the actual piece of steak? Now, as we'll see here in the Chavaz he's not telling us we shouldn't enjoy the steak. He doesn't say you shouldn't enjoy the pleasures of this world. We have to be very clear over here. He's saying here that we have to try to eradicate the love for it, the, the, the running for it, the lust for it. That's we have to stop. We can enjoy ourselves. We can enjoy a good piece of, uh, of steak. We can enjoy a Yom Tov Suda, Shabbat Suda. We can enjoy pleasures of the world. But it's an enjoyment. But it's not a focus. It's, it's an attitude change here. It's not a focus. It's not a goal. It's not something that we're always thinking about. That's the difference. And we'll try to describe a little bit how we go about doing that. But first we have to understand the problem. Without understanding the problem, if we don't realize there's an issue over here, it's very hard to go to any solution. The issue here, says the Chavazov, is we have to first contemplate that we already are sunken in to loving this world. The and the strength of our desires, and that is greater than our love for Elamabu. He's going to say what we should do to take it away, how we approach this, and before we even say what 
how that is, I think it's better we're going to skip to the next paragraph. Because we have to understand really what he's driving at. We have to understand the issue. Before we even get to the solution, we should really appreciate what the issue is. So we're going to skip for a moment. And he says, One of the Chachamim, one of the wise men already explained with an analogy of the two Ahavos, the two loves, one for Elam Haba, one for Elam Hazer, how they cannot coexist. It's impossible to have both. In other words, we think, Mashkiach explained like this also, we think, it's okay, of course we love Elam Haba. we love benching, and we love davening, and learning, and Shabbos, and Yom Mamish. we look forward to that, we love it. But we also love... Uh, to run after a good steak. We also run after run after pleasures. We love both. Don't get me wrong. I love Olam Haba. I'm living for Olam Haba. But I'm also living for Olam Haza. That's what the Yetzirah also tries to get us to think. He fools us into thinking we could love both. Chavis says, it's impossible. Just like you can't put into one bowl, into one receptacle, you cannot have both the existence of fire and water. You can't have it. Either the water is going to put out the fire, or the fire is going to burn up the water, and the water will not exist. But you cannot have in the same pot fire and water. It's impossible. Just like that analogy is true, just like you cannot have fire and water, either the water will extinguish the fire, that's the flame of Elam Haba, and the waters of Elam Haza will extinguish it, or a person will be able to have the Ab of Elam Haba, and that's the fire, and it will burn up the desires and the love for Elam Haza. So too it cannot coexist. There can't be a combination in the Lev HaMamin. Only in the one who believes. If you don't believe in this stuff, there's, it's, there's, no, there's no point in trying to give this analogy. But in the Lev HaMamin, he knows that it's impossible to have a Chibur, to have a combination, to have a coexistence of Avas Olam Avas So that's one premise we have to lay down clearly. This it, it, and we explain exactly what that means to have an ava of elamazeh, which, which we we touched upon it. And as someone who's just that's his focus, that's his focus. You know, how, what we, where's my next dream vacation? You know, that's what I'm living for. I live from vacation to vacation. Where's my next good delectable meal? You know, or, or what's the latest car that comes out? I got to get. That's someone who just has an ava, has a love for this world. You can enjoy this world. You can have pleasure in this world. But it can't be a total focus. And that's Abbas al-Mazah. And he can't have both. As someone whose his focus and his goals are loving for this world can't have an, a love for the next world. Viyamru. He gives another mashal. What do you need? Two mashalim? Another analogy. Viyamru. And they said, This world and the next world they are like two co-wives. Now, we don't live in a world where we have more than one wife, like in the days of, of old. 
It's already a thousand years since the Cheir of the Rebbeinu Gershom. No, we don't have even the Sfardim who didn't have, didn't accept the, uh, were not bound by the the rule of the Cheir of the Rebbeinu Gershom. But still, they also don't have more than one wife. But we understand we have relationships sometimes with with children, or sometimes it goes for children and grandchildren. We have sometimes more complicated relationships. But even we could try to imagine in our minds the, the, the relationship of a husband that has two wives. is like having two wives. If you start showing affection and love to one of them, the other one gets upset. This adds more than the first marshal. The first marshal is, it's like fire and water. Fire and water cannot coexist, that we understand. But one of them is going to win. If the fire wins, there's no more water here. If the water wins, then the fire is extinguished. In this marshal, it goes deeper than that. Not only can they not coexist, but when you give favor, show favor to one of them, the other one gets upset. The other one is angry. The other one builds up animosity. That's what happens with If one is involved in his love for then the part gets upset. So too, my brother, your nefesh and your guf, your neshama and your guf, your soul and your body. You certainly have to take care of it. You certainly have to guide it. It needs wisdom how to do it. You have to take care of your body. Certainly, you can't neglect your body. You won't be able to exist. You have to feed it. You have to take care of it. You also have to make sure that the Shema has what it has. But if you don't have the right balance, if you tip the scale too much, you mean giving too much to the goof, the Neshama gets upset. And if you get too much to the Neshama, the goof gets upset. Somebody's going to get upset over here. It's like having two wives. You, you say, you know what, I'm going to take you out tonight. The other one's going to get upset. That's just the way it is. And HaKadosh Baruch created it that way, and we have to work within the parameters of this dual Ava that a person tries to have, and he has to make sure to have only one Ava, and the other one has to be secondary, he has to take a back seat, has to be certainly addressed and taken care of, like we have to take care of our goof, but it has to be done without an Ava. This is the, the uh, we'll call it this introduction to this Cheshben. So to summarize, this Cheshben is that we have to realize, are we sunken in already into the Ava Selam Because let it be known, he says. There are two places. There's this world and the next world. And if we have Ava in this world, that means necessarily we don't have Ava to the next world. It cannot be both. We should not fool ourselves by saying, no, I love this world, I love the next world. And if a person truly has Ava for the next world, then he deals in this world. And he can even enjoy this world. But he doesn't have that Ava, as we're going to explain. And then, once we uh, at least agree and come to terms that there is such a phenomenon, and we have to deal with it, then we'll see, Mitz Hashem, how we deal with it in the two-step process that he tells us what to do. Agutenacht.